Wrestling fans, yeah, it's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. It's time for this week's edition of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Replays also on Twitch, and of course, anywhere you get great podcasts by list by searching 607TWS. As always, we are coming to you live from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I'm one of your hosts here on 607 Podcast and Twist. I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me, as he always does, the other host here on 607 Podcast on Twitch. It's you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Long live GCW. Absolutely. I'm surprised I can still do the long introduction after yesterday. I am too, but I'm impressed. I, I will say this. I'm going to let you guys know I am tired <laughs> as, or AF as the kids would say. Yes. I am tired <laughs> uh, we didn't get home until 1.30 in the morning from Atlantic City, New Jersey last night. And whew, whew, yes, I'm feeling all of that. Went to work, everything else. Recorded the Three Fat Nerds podcast. Available anywhere you get great podcasts tomorrow. A little cheap plug for myself. Unless you're on that Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. And in that case, it's out right fucking now. As yeah. we record live. Woo. And then I'm here. Live on Twitch. Doing 607TWS, whether you're watching us live, on replay, or in podcast form, we thank you for joining us. And uh, I promise I'm going to try to keep the energy up the entire time. we got a lot to talk about today. I'm going to break it down for you right now because uh, before we jump any farther, in the main event segment of the show, we will be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling as they have their second biggest show of the year, Dominion, coming up this upcoming uh, week, June the 12th, to be specific. Mm -hmm. And of course... Big news in the world of wrestling, if you, unless you've been reading out of their log, there is implications on that show for Forbidden Door and for All League Wrestling. And we're going to, if you don't hear it, because you're not going to hear it in the beginning, we will talk about the entirety of the CM Punk AEW World Championship, New Japan, AEW, Forbidden Door situation during the main event during that. So to keep it all together. Yes. Because there's a match happening there that is definitely going to impact Forbidden Door. And the world of pro wrestling, especially for AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we're going to keep it together in the main event there because it makes sense. Mm -hmm. The mid card of this show is going to be simple. It's going to be GCW all fucking day, every fucking day. They had two big, two big shows for GCW. They had the JCW show and, of course, the Hall of Fame show all going down TOS weekend. It was an amazing happening and of course myself and Ken M were in attendance for Cage of Survival on Saturday we will be talking about our experiences there as well as breaking down all of those wonderful cards and I'm going to save some people a headache here and I'm not picking anybody out I know there's a lot of people who aren't fans of Deathmatch Wrestling that's fine but there is a place for it Yes, and uh, if you enjoy it you're going to enjoy that conversation if not there was also some great non-Deathmatch stuff that went down that you guys might not have seen so it's always good to keep your eyes peeled because they do a lot of great stuff there but just as much as uh, tables, ladders, chairs, oh my, 
doors, light tubes, glass, they can all belong in wrestling as well. Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, we're going to open the show. We are going to talk about <laughs> the convoluted world of the MGF situation. But on top of that, we will also be going over the results from uh, In Your House mm-hmm. 2022 for NXT 2.0. And, of course, Hell in a Cell. Uh, so we'll be doing that in the opening of this show. But because we have such a big show, because we have all that on tap, I want to explain. I like to explain this guys up front to you guys so you guys know where to chime in and look for the times and, and you know what you're going to have to look forward to. So, Ken M, though, before we can jump into that, because we got a lot to talk about, I want to jump in. Tell the fine folks how to find you and the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page. Check out Parlay Points. A ton of blogs dropping this week. So, dare I say, we might have something from the entire panel again. I know last week was a four for four, so we'll see if we go for that again. The T Public Store, where you know it's always a good time to go pick up some swag. And all the social media accounts are under the directory as well, too, so we can be found on your favorite podcast player. All that and so much more. If it's anything and anything that is the ODPH, it's found at odphpodcast.com. And, of course, if you're looking for anything that is Three Fat Nerds Podcast or 8122 Productions, you can do that at 8122productions.com. That is correct. That is a lovely, good place to stop. One-stop shop for everything, of course, with our RT Publix link is there. The, the, the link to patreon.com slash 8122productions is there. The Twitch link is there. All the shows are there. And, of course, I got to throw it out there. That is also where you can find friends of the show like the ODPH and our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest, uh, August 26th and 27th in Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. We'll be there. You should be there, too. Get all your information at sci com. And also, I would like to throw out, that's where bands, just like everything else, local sponsors who help bring us this show to you each and every week, like Rex to Rods, Auto Detailing, and uh, Endicott, New York, and of course, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, primary sponsor for everything we do here at 8122 Productions slash 607 Podcast. Shout out to Dragon Master Games for all your Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering and gaming needs. Go to DragonMasterGames.com. There you go. Uh can never go wrong with DMG. Throw a fucking note in the uh, throw a note in the note section uh, that says you heard six hundred seven TWS or three FN or everything else, and uh, we'll send you some stickers and some swag. And also, I can promise you, Diesel will package your stuff with love. Yes, he will. Depending upon what you want, <laughs> so how how sweet you are to him, yeah, you might get more and more love. So that being said, though, on that note, uh, I see that Jay West is in there. Says, Shout out to Jay. He says, "Bro, you are so good. No joke. That was a delivery. Well, I try." I've, 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 I've practiced my arts for many years. I graduated from Juilliard. <laughs> I, it's funny. I didn't even say I don't think I said Juilliard right, but that's okay. Who cares? It works. It I works could have so signed I should have signed it in my redneck voice. <laughs> Give him the John Wayne Murdoch. Graduated. Oh, that's a different voice. That's a little harder in the voice. I got a John Wayne Murdoch. That's not even this voice. That was the make fun of... Uh, but uh, John Wayne Murdoch is fucking a god. Yes, he is. throw that out there. Legend. Uh, him and Alex Cologne fucking killed it at COS. But we'll talk about that in the middle of the show. But let's get it going because I know the fine people want to talk wrestling. They join in. They want to hear it. So, uh, Ken, uh, check your watch because I believe it's time. It is time to start the wrestling show. And I want to throw this out there. We're going to start it with the most convoluted fucking shit in the entirety of professional wrestling. And I'm I'm excited on one end. I am not excited at another end. It is fuck is the weirdest story that has ever been a part of pro wrestling. Yes. 
It, it, it has the possibilities of being one of the most epic, greatest storylines of all time. But at the same time, it is so weird and convoluted <laughs> that we don't know if it's a story. We don't know if part, you know, we, we know part of it's based in fact. Mm-hmm. And then we know part of it's based in fiction. And then we know part of it is based on some. I don't fucking know anymore. And that, of course, is MJF. Yeah. So let's just break it down. Uh, last week, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I know you talked briefly about it on the ODPH. Mm-hmm. And then there's been more speculation yeah. and stuff since then. But uh, basically what happened, of course, was last week, like we reported, and everybody else in the world fucking reported during, all, uh, during Double or Nothing, sorry, weekend festivities, uh, MJF no-showed a fan fest. Uh, it was allegedly because of his treatment or mistreatment or his his view of that uh, in AEW. He wants more money, does not want to sign extension, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, wherever you file on that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward to the uh, moment that we have. Uh, by the way, Padawan J says, I haven't seen something this convoluted since Lawler was on the late night TV with Andy Kaufman. Exactly. Yeah, good call. Exactly. That's actually, you know what? It's legendary. This this is legendary too. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. No matter how this falls, it's kind of legendary in some way or another, but it could be good or bad for the company. That's the whole point. Um, so then we fast forward to the pay-per-view. Uh, they do the little uh, job ski and uh, the real uncomfortable quick job ski. Mm-hmm. Then we fast forward to Wednesday on Dynamite. That's where we come in now because we've commented on all of that. We didn't comment and speculate a lot on everything else because, let's be honest, it's not our job to speculate. I mean, we gave our opinion, yes. but it's not our job to give like put facts in there. I don't know if there was ever a fucking plane ticket. I don't know. I don't care. It's not, it's not my job. Mm-hmm. What my job is, though, is commenting and giving my opinions on the wrestling stuff. And fast forward to Wednesday. Now, when they... When last we saw MJF before Wednesday, how did we see MJF, Ken? Uh, we saw him basically riding off into the sunset. We saw him on a stretcher, more, yes. more specific, with an <laughs> oxygen mask over his eyes. <laughs> Botch of the century. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and and that's how we saw him after taking, was it 10 power bombs or 12? It was some it was, it it was, was some absurd number. And anyways, <laughs> so fast forward to Wednesday, they tell us MJF's going to give a speech. We're like, okay, how's this going on? This man walks to the ring and is standing in the ring like nothing happened. Yeah. So that was my first like, oh, this ain't gonna okay, this isn't, this isn't, uh, what's going on here? And then he proceeds to cut what possibly may be the greatest promo of this era. Now, mind you, it was definitely inspired by the pipe bomb. Oh, yeah. It was definitely inspired by the Miz and Brian Danielson stuff. And this is where I want to take the time out to talk about what that is. And that is a, what is known as the business. And everybody likes to throw around terms of the wrestling business. So I, I'll take a moment since I happen to know it. It's what they call a work shoot. And I saw a lot of definitions of work shoot. Mm-hmm. But usually where the common de- definition of work shoot is would be the CM Punk pipe bomb. And we can take that right from the stories that. CM Punk and WWE have told about it where the allegedly I shouldn't say allegedly it's kind of fact because both have agreed this is the true story they said to CM Punk hey we know your contract's up you're getting this title shot your shit hands they had not had a new deal because remember the new deal was signed at Money in the Bank yes. we know that for a fact and they said to him hey go out there with this microphone we're gonna get something that you'll like you're gonna go out there with this microphone and you're gonna talk about your grievances really and he thought he was being punked yeah no pun intended he thought it was a rib and they said, no, you're going to go out there and you're going to say whatever you want. And when you go too far, we're going to cut your mic. Oh, really? Okay. 
<laughs> so we got the pipe bomb. Of course, that was the doofus son-in-law, mm-hmm. stupid daughter. And of course, when he hit the be a star moment is when the microphone went yep. dead because they didn't want him to touch shit on bullying. Okay. Uh, and that is that is basically so in, without giving definition, you should draw from that. A work shoot is basically, hey, go out there and say whatever fuck you want mm-hmm. and you can make it real. It's going to be better if it's real. And the only reason it's a work is because you're being allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's full of real stuff. There's nothing fake in the in the pr- promo. There was nothing fake in the pipe bomb. Remember, he goes over the ice cream bars. He, you know, remember CM Punk, and this is going to harken to MJF. CM Punk turned on the fans. Oh, you're cheering me now. But you guys buy those cups that don't have my face on them and those magazines that don't have my face on them. You are the ones that cheer for that signature that doesn't have me in it. Mm-hmm. But yet you're you're cheering me now? I don't need you. You know, and and, and, and and so there's a lot that harkens to that. And then, of course, we had The Miz and Brian Daniels, and we've had a ton of these, believe it or not, over the years. And it's just something that is part of the business. So however you want to look at this, it is a work shoot in the aspect that obviously Tony Khan let him go to the ring and cut a promo. Yeah. There's no, it's not like MJF forced his way to the ring to cut a promo. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't a very similar, hey, when you go too far, we'll cut the microphone off. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but air your grievances. And MJF, like the promo machine he is, aired his grievances, and it was fucking real. That's why it was so good. Mm -hmm. Because everything you've heard, which we knew was true, it's not like this was stuff that was being reported that wasn't true, was laid out. Yeah. Right down to the fact that I loved when he turned on the crowds. Oh, you're cheering for me? Weren't you the same marks that were on the internet saying that I fucking suck and I'm unprofessional? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was you guys too, right? Okay. All right. You know, I loved, of course, the line that a lot of people love is the, uh, you know, you obviously, you know, I'm the highest, I'm the second highest rated person on your show and as far as ratings go, but you don't want to dip in your pockets and pay me because you need to hoard all that money so you can pay the next ex-WWE guy. Hey, uh, hey, 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 boss, if I was an ex-WWE guy, would I be worth more money? Mm. No Great punches lines. pulled, man. No punches and of course, pulled. of course, the greatest moment of any night was looking at the camera and saying, "Well, first of all, talking shit to the guys. Don't fucking count me. Yeah. Don't you count me down, you son of a bitch." And then looking right in the camera and going, "Fire me, fire me, you fucking Mark, fire me." Which, uh, by the way, Dave Melser, they didn't bleep out him saying "fucking Mark." Because of the word Mark. Mm-hmm. And I would like to point out that in your deleted tweet, you should never equate the word Mark to the N-word. There's a reason why both you and I chose to say the N-word, and I can still say Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay? I should never see that again. And I understand you deleted it, but in the world of screenshots, we know what you fucking did, my guy. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Stop it. Just stop. Mark is not as offensive of a term as one would think it is. Right. If it was, then you would have to change smart Mark Sterling's entire gimmick. Facts on that. So it is what it is. And it's, it's meant to be derogatory. It is. Mm. Because if you're, it, but you don't just use it for wrestling. Everybody's a fucking Mark for something. It is what it is. By the way, pa, uh, Pat says, greatest promo in AEW history. Ignore the fact that the company is only a few years old. It is the greatest promo in history as of this point and possibly ever. Right. I mean, the pipe bond's still being talked about, and that's over a decade old. Well, that being said, though, it was a great promo. So mm-hmm. how would you feel about the promo? 
thought the promo hit all the points it needed to. I mean, obviously, we had heard enough about the trouble backstage for months now, to be honest with you. And now it finally came to a head, and it was very interesting to see, especially with how Double or Nothing ended with MJF getting let out via stretcher, to have him come there and just air his grievances and then some. And I think it was a very telling piece to see the reaction from the AEW faithful to some of the wrestlers in the back, too, that MJF literally put it out there that I think a lot of the hardcore AEW fans have been feeling for a while. And I think for ones that have just come in lately with the recent additions of the law firm known as Punk, Mock, or, uh, Punk, uh, Cole, and Danielson, that they kind of feel like this isn't their AEW anymore, that this is changing into WWE 2.0 or WCW 2.0, like however you want to spin it. I thought MJF nailed everything he needed to right on the head, and what a brilliant promo by him. So after he leaves the ring, because they cut his mic, he leaves the ring. Of course, with the extra, we see CM Punk walk into the ring. Mind you, now that we know that he was injured, that probably wasn't the smartest. Right. Uh, and also, you know, behind him, uh, a litany of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, how great is MJF as a heel as he smacks some dude's phone out of his hand on his way out? Incredible. Uh, hopefully that guy's phone is broken, because that'd be hilarious even more. But anyways, that being said... <laughs> Uh, you know, so you get to that and you get this great promo and now it's like, okay, so one of two things happened here. We know that what's happening is, on one level, we all know it's real. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, here's the problem. This isn't just some work that they're like, oh, they're doing this angle where MJF's upset. They're actually doing an angle where they're blurring the lines. MJF is upset. MJF feels he's worth more money. This is something that is well-documented. This is something that I, I, I feel is a fact. The guys who literally, guys like Brian Johnson, who do a good job of reporting, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, you know, the, the real outlets, have reported for a while he's unhappy. Right. You just have to check his Twitter profile to find out he's unhappy. You know, it's, there's a lot of like, things going on. So what, two things happened after Double or Nothing. First of all, getting to double or nothing, we, we, I speculated. We speculated last week. It was either he got Ultimate Warrior paid, yeah, where I held you up for money, you gave me money, I'm here. Or or he ended up uh, being taught, having a talk to you, probably by Cody Rhodes, I would assume. That's my guess. Because of their friendship. And he said, hey, listen, don't fucking burn bridges. You would be welcome here, but you have to be professional. So do whatever you have to do. Go back, blah, 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 blah. So he did the job, uh, probably worked something out. I don't know if he got paid more or not. Probably worked something out. Went out on Dynamite, cut this work shoot, and now we're off to the races for an angle, right? Mm-hmm. One would think. R- right? Is that, is the, that's where we're at, right? I, uh, that's what I thought we were at. But then there is an alleged report this broke today. Yeah, this was breaking as I was coming over, so I didn't get a chance to fully read this here. That, uh, you know, obviously after that, they removed him from the roster list. They removed him from Shop AEW. They removed him from everything. But now, according to Mike Johnson, which, you know, believe what you will from the sheets, he's one of the better reporters. I've always Absolutely. said that. If you go back and check his track record, he doesn't usually report bullshit. But... Mm. And that's why this is a weird statement. He says he reports there was an edict issued from Warner Brothers to remove MJF from all AEW promotional spots and commercials. 
MJF was removed from the opening for AEW Rampage. On Wednesday's AEW Dynamite, MJF addressed his frustrations with AEW and Tony Khan, notably how ex-WWE wrestlers are paid more despite him carrying the company on his back. At the end of his promo, he begged Khan to fire him before calling him a fucking mark, which was bleeped out. The screen went black going into commercial, and the segment was not mentioned again, which is true. Which is all work at that point. I'm just going to throw that out. No, yeah. Along with being removed from the AEW Rampage intro, MJF was removed from the official AEW roster and AEW shop. His promo was also not covered on AEW Social and Digital. Fightful will update fans on MJF's status with AEW as more is known, which, of course, he's been talking to Sean Ross app, which is interesting in its own. Uh, first of all, that brings me to the dirt sheets. You can't trust these dirt sheets. And I, I'm going to tell you why. Because they could be just, like, they would never do this for WWE. Oh, but for AEW, not. they will they will play along with the storyline. I don't know how much of this is true or not. I don't know how much. Like I said, I trust Mike Johnson a lot of times, but to get info and stuff, sometimes you say what you have to say. I get it. Same with Sean Rossap. Same as you know, they have a business to obtain. They have you know five dollars plus a month that they want people to pay to listen to podcasts and get newsletters. Most of it is bullshit. That's what they want. Uh, when people are saying that Tony Khan pays them, I don't know if Tony Khan pays them. He might not pay them physical money, but we know he pays them in information. He pays them with leaking shit to them. And we know that uh, that also leads to them getting people to pay money for said subscriptions. Right. So it is all back to lucrative for them, which is a business model and it's fine. I'm not shitting on it. Get your hustle, whatever. But buyer beware. If you're a wrestling fan, they are there to antagonize and get as many clicks. They make money off of every time you click on their articles. They make money every time you click on their Twitter or like their Twitter shit. They make money every time you share that. They make money every time, obviously, you pay $5 or more out of your hard-earned pockets to hear their bullshit. So, yes, it does turn into money, regardless of it is physically Tony Khan giving them money or not. It doesn't work the other way on the other side of the story. WWE doesn't give them that information. That's why usually it's wrong, because yeah. <laughs> it's made up. Uh, we'll get to that later. But And it's not a I'm just letting you know, this is why when people ask me, we don't do that. We give our opinions and our thoughts and our speculation on things in the best that we can. Right. We do use their stuff because it's like, oh, this is funny. Ha, ha, ha. But that's where you get to this part where we don't know. There may be all actors in this realm as well because Tony's like, hey, do this for me. I need, I need a favor. So that's possibly what it is. Problem is, there's two ways now. Now, either this is a work this edict is, mm-hmm. or if it's not, they just shot themselves in their ass with their own promo. That's where I thought it was so interesting when they put this out, and, and especially with how important that dynamite was, that if this was supposed to get the owners of Warner Brothers Discovery to give them more TV time for Ring of Honor or whatever they wanted to try doing, if this edict is actually fact, I think that just put the nail in that coffin. There's going to be some problems if they did. Uh, hopefully this is a work. Yeah, hopefully. I'm leaning towards just the latter. Just because lately it feels like the information being fed is coming down a pipeline right to them. Feed us the information. We'll feed it out there. We'll help progress your storylines. Yada, 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 yada. 
And that's really what it feels like. And like I said, it's I don't I don't know if necessarily money is exchanging hands, but information is money anyways. Mm. So they are getting access that people aren't getting, and that's just the bottom line. Uh, other than this past media scrum where they showed it on YouTube, and they do usually show the clips on YouTube, you notice the questions being asked and the people being asked are the same group of characters. We have been part of the pre scrum, right? Never invited to the post scrum. The post scrum is always for the same people. Hmm. Notice that, please. Hmm. And then wonder why those same people have the access they have and also wonder why they write what they write and never will say a bad thing. You can't tell me you like everything somebody does. That's why that's the one thing that I will always judge in my personal life. If I am listening to, and I, there's a lot of great podcasts out there that I listen to, independent podcasts I listen to, there's a lot of great critics that I read their reviews of. Hell, I even read Ken M's reviews of stuff. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. You're welcome. But my point of the matter is there is nobody on this planet, and I'm a person who reviews things for podcasts, whether it be movies or wrestling or whatever we're reviewing, and you review things. I don't like everything. Right. I can't tell you that I like everything because that's a fucking lie. So you're telling me that one company gets said that everything is so good. It's all amazing. It's all great. But the other company gets crucified for the exact same things. And that's really where you, you have the disconnect. It's going to come into play in a little bit, I promise. But I, I just think that we could be getting worked by the dirt sheet writers who are in on it as well. Or, or this is real and this great moment backfired on them. See, that's the, the real puzzle about this. I mean, just with all the involvement they have now, and especially with that edict, I mean, I don't think that people really understand how important that is because if that is true... He can't be champion. Yeah. Like, you have just really had this great moment that should have carried a lot of buzz for your company moving forward, and the next time we ever see an MJF in an AEW ring... Like, that should have been the big moment for his breakout. But if this is true, man, this is such a setback. I don't think people realize how bad this is. Right. The problem is, is that this is uh, uh, this this is a problem. So oh, it's hopefully a problem. it's a work. So I'm leaning on it's the fucking complete work, thankfully. Because hmm. if not, this is this is bad news. Hmm. Because they because you can't make the man the champion then. Because no. <laughs> if you can't be in promotional stuff, how do you do that? No, you, you're basically forcing a release for him. It, it, like, how how can you keep him and feature him on TV if you're getting told he's no longer there? Like, right. I mean, that's... You can't advertise him. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Pad says, shooting their own ass with their own promo would be the most Tony Khan thing ever. I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good <laughs> Lord. So in closing, we're going to keep our eyes still on it. This is very convoluted. I think the promo was phenomenal. Oh, yes. I hope this leads to a title run. I hope this leads to big things because they could really change the world. Whether he signed the extension, which we don't think he did. No. But whether they gave him some money or whatever the fucking case is, this could really pay off. And Tony Khan needs to look at that. And for the people out there that are like, well, if he doesn't want to be there and he's just going to leave, why give him a title and stuff? Because take advantage of what you have because you have him for a while. You have him for over a year. You know when his contract is up. So all you have to do is make sure the belt comes off him before that. Take advantage shoot your show to the moon why would you shoot yourself in the foot because he might not be with you that's the dumbest shit i'll ever hear i understand cooling somebody down but that means right now when he's the hottest thing on the planet put the belt on him make a feud happen you could have him carry it for the next six or seven months take it off him and then cool him the fuck off before he leaves yeah but it still would benefit your programming 
he is one of your draws. But with this edict, hopefully it is a work. Because if it's not, that means that draw is now not allowed to be any promotional materials for your TV show. That would be such a setback. And that would really shoot the promo and everything that's been worked so well and getting the wrestling world buzzing right in the fucking foot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we're in this weird spot where, like, if this was them reporting about WWE, we would know this edict was real. Right. Because you'd be like, oh, they're going to bury the lead, right? With AEW, you don't know. They could have just looked and gone, hey, <laughs> this is what we want people to know. Go from there. If you do this, we'll make sure that you get good questions. We'll make sure you get good access. And that's what they do there. And it's not that I think it's dumb. It's smart business. So for everybody who thinks that they get paid, they do get paid. Maybe not in direct cash. <laughs> yeah. But information, clicks, and, and subscribers are money. Book, line, and sinker. You click on Wrestling Observer, they get paid. So remember who to listen to and what to believe. Don't don't always believe what you uh, hear. Exactly. But as I believe 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 nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see is the old saying. Yeah, it's just you got to really seek the truth out there because there's a lot of nonsense going around just to get your attention and get your clicks. So be smart about it and just really sit back and watch everything unfold because half the time you're hearing stuff, it's not there. I mean, like we say, we only give our opinions. So we don't, we don't really know anything, but this is just outsiders looking in, trying to be objective fans. I know it's kind of a foreign concept to some, but this is what we do here. Yes, criticism is good on the, all around as long as you're uh, uh, respectful about it and you're not an asshat. Um, we go into that on this week's uh, uh, 3FN because I had some wonderful words for the toxic uh fandom in uh the world of star wars Ooh. So, uh, you might want to can't wait to that hear that one, one. It's, it's intriguing all right so let's switch up because mm-hmm. we have things to talk about here in the opening we will keep our eyes on the mjf thing uh, hopefully it works out to be one of the greatest uh wrestling uh uh storylines in the history of wrestling because i would like to see that very much so no bullshit like if people think i'm joking not joking i think that this could be great and epic i threw it out there when it happened so Hopefully that's the case. But we need to talk about, first up, uh, WWE had a big weekend. I can tell you I didn't watch any of these shows. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm always honest. I can only tell you what other people have told me. If anybody else wants to chime in, uh, make sure you chime in. Uh, I know Ken might have caught some of the you've caught some of the matches or something. I, I caught a couple. I caught some highlights. I caught one match in its entirety that I was told to watch. Yes, and then outside of that, I caught some. I caught the clips and highlights. I was going off the one and only Padawan Jay's Twitter. Because he was live tweeting about both events for WWE. So let's jump in. Let's talk about the weekend mm-hmm. for WWE. Of course, it started on uh, Saturday. With uh, or was it Sunday? Sunday was it in your house on Sunday or Saturday? I thought in your house was Saturday. I think it's Saturday. I think we're right. Once again, we were watching GCW, so I'm, I'm I am really lost. But uh, in your house, twenty saw so Pat said he saw saw most of NXT in your house. I'd give it a C. Okay, okay. there you go. So NXT In Your House came from the uh, Performance Center in Orlando, Florida this past Saturday. Yep, it's molested as Saturday. Uh, they opened the show with a six-man tag team match. Uh, Channing Lorenzo, Tony D'Angelo, and Troy Donovan defeated Legato Del Fantasma. 12 minutes and 45 seconds. And, of course, if Del Gato Fantasma lost the match, they had to join uh, Tony D's group. Yeah, so they've been kind of having an interesting back and forth with that. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to go there. 
Uh, next up, we had the WWE NXT Women's Tag Team Title Match. Your champions, Toxic Attraction, defending against, against Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Guess what? And still your NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I like the end still call there. WWE North American title on the line as your champion to the moon. Cameron Grimes defended against former champion Carmelo Hayes. Guess what? At the end of the day, 15 minutes, 30 seconds, and new NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes. Interesting call, but I wouldn't mind seeing this get ran back, though, between these two guys. I am a big fan of Carmelo Hayes, so mm. I'm all right with this. Uh, Pat says, incredible six-man tag match. Highly recommend watching it. There you go. Okay. Uh, next up, we had the WWE NXT Women's Championship on the line. Your champion, Mandy Rose, defending against Wendy Chu. 11 minutes and 8 seconds, and still NXT Women's Champion, Mandy Rose. Tell you what, Mandy Rose is making the most of her time down in NXT, and when she comes back up to the main roster, look out. I would also like to point out Toxic Attraction still holding all the women's gold. Mm-hmm. Next up for the WWE NXT Tag Team Titles. The tag team champions, Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, defended against the Creed brothers, Brutus Creed and Julius Creed. If the Creed brothers were to lose, they were to leave the diamond mine. Yes. Which I thought was weird instead of just doing, couldn't get another title shot. But that doesn't fucking matter because the Creed brothers are your new WWE NXT tag team champions. And I saw a shooting star pressing those highlights. I was going to say, that's the highlight to watch from this show. Wow. And last but not least, in the main event of the evening for the WWE NXT World's title, your champion, Braun Breaker, defending against our good friend, Joe Gacy. This match got 15 minutes and 50 seconds at the end of the day, and still NXT World Champion, uh, Braun Breaker. Not surprised here, but, you know, heard really good things about this match. I also heard really good things about the match. I did get to see the end of the match, and uh, I, I have no problem with it. I'm not looking to, I don't think they're going to take the belt off of Braun anytime soon. Why would they? No, unless they were going to call him up, but I don't see that happen right away. Oh, he's going to go up one day. I, I know you oh, and yeah. I both agree on that. But, yeah, right now I think uh, we're where we're at with Braun Breaker for mm -hmm. the most part. Sure. So let's talk about the bigger event and the event that the world is buzzing about for a reason we'll discuss during this. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, that was this Sunday. Hell in a Cell from the Rosemont, or from the Allstate Arena. It used to be the old Rosemont Horizon, right? But now it's the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, you probably remember this is where AEW runs shows from. Yes. Uh, there was a little controversy online with uh, Uncle Dave because he reported that even though yes, AEW sells out this venue, WWE made far far more at the gate, and reason why is ticket prices, which. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought fans were funny when they were trying to, well, how's that possible? They sold it out, so it was an AEW. Well, when you charge more for your tickets, you're going to get more of a you're gate. You're going to sell out more. And guess what? You sold out the same building for more money. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't mean that you're better. Calm it down. Who yeah. cares? I mean, it just means that people are willing to pay more money to see you. I guess that, in a way, that means you're better. But it doesn't fucking matter. It was just something stupid to, to argue about. I thought that was the funny part. What was your takeaway from that? You know, anytime that there's a chance to stir up the AEW versus WWE argument, people are running towards it. It's like, everybody take a step back. In this case, let's be, let's be completely clear and honest. There's no reason they didn't run United Center. So this was definitely WWE poking the bear. Yeah. 
let's be honest. I, I have to be honest. And then everybody took the bait hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. Then everybody's just running crazy with it. Right, which is stupid. But mm-hmm. there's no reason they should have. They should have fucking ran the United Center. Let's be honest. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the show, though, itself, shall we? Yes, let's. Uh, we got opening contest and a triple threat match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Your champion, Bianca Belair, cha- being challenged by Asuka and big-time Bex, Becky Lynch. 18 minutes, 55 seconds at the end of the day, and still the WWE Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Completely all right with this call, and guessing we're going to see SummerSlam something, probably that rematch between Becky and Bianca. I would hope so. Next up, in a two-on-one handicap match, this match got eight minutes and 25 seconds as the almighty Bobby Lashley defeated Omos and MVP by submission. Yes. <laughs> and after the match, he grabbed onto a replica WWE title from the crowd. Hopefully that fan got it back. Yeah. And uh, raised it high above his head. I'm all right where he's going with this. By the way, Padawan J says, Raw Women's Title Match was incredible, all in caps. It was going to be my match of the night until the main event. Okay, absolutely. That's awesome. Next up, Kevin Owens defeated Ezekiel in 9 minutes and 20 seconds. No real shock there. I've heard once again a lot of people saying that Elias and Ezekiel are the same person. I I think people are seeing things. Yeah. Elias had a beard. Ezekiel does not. And they have a different moveset. It's just not the same. It's not the same. I I don't understand what they they don't even they don't wear the same clothes. No. Elias was in jeans and a wife beater. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a drifter. Yes. I mean, there's some similarities in looks, but they're brothers, so there should be. Sure, absolutely, but... Well, hopefully Elias comes back soon, and him and Ezekiel can become tag team champions. Ooh, that'd be something. Champions, right? Uh, Pat says, Lashley got the assist from Cedric Alexander, because reasons? Well, no, because that's his boy, that's his homeboy, man. I like how Cedric's sticking up for Lashley. Hopefully we see more of Cedric. I'm all right with that. There. I'm all right with that. Next up, we had a six-person mixed tag team match. This match got 16 minutes, Ken M. At the end of the day, the Judgment Day, Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley defeated AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. By the way, a uh, fun story of this match is Rhea Ripley's new attire that didn't show up to the arena, so they threw something together. It didn't look bad, but yeah. they, they threw something together because her uh, attire did not arrive. Yeah, that was kind of a wild story going on with this, but for the match, not really surprised. I think they're going to really push this new faction led by Edge. Going back when Pat says that he was excited for Ezekiel versus Owens, but he honestly was let down. Okay. Next up. Man, this guy didn't look like a joke on Friday night when I saw a picture of this man. Mad Cat Moss defeated Happy Corbin in a no-holds-bar match. 12 minutes and 5 seconds. Mad Cap. Who would have thunk? He looks jacked. Yeah. I don't know. Could be, a, could be a few. He could have a future there. Could have a future. Next up, we had for the United States Championship, your champion Theory defending against Mustafa Ali. Theory is still the uh, United States Champion in 10 minutes and 25 seconds. Honestly, I thought this was going to be end new. Yeah, well, not so much. Yeah, no, I was kind of very surprised at this. But, you know, Theory, he's making a lot of noise lately. So let's go into the main event, shall we? And in the main event, in the only Hell in a Cell match on Hell in a Cell, before we even got to the match, the plot thickened. Mm-hmm. So, do you want the real story or the bullshit story? I'll give like, you both. Yeah. So, the real story behind this is that, according to reports, Cody Rhodes, in the gym, tore his pectoral muscle. Yeah. Lifting weights. And uh, WWE kind of covered it a little bit and said, oh, you know, he took an injury on Raw, and then he was, you know, still, gonna, still preparing for his match, and then he aggravated it in the gym. 
That's how they spun it. Mm-hmm. But the real story is that literally he tore his pectoral in the gym, which happens. Shit happens, right? Yeah. Well, nobody knew if he was going to wrestle or not. They never said he wasn't. Sure enough, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and by God, I'm sure everybody has either watched it or seen the pictures. I watched the match, by the way, because it was highly touted by young Padawan Jay. So mm-hmm. this was the one match I made sure I watched. And goddamn, when he takes off his jacket, I went, yes. Now, the cool part is, and I'm not saying, I'm not listening. This is a bad fucking injury. Mm -hmm. Rich would be out for a while with this injury. It hurts like a bitch. Yeah. But it's one of those injuries that looks worse than what it is. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, it just looks so bad. It is not a good injury to have. Right, it does right, need right. to heal. Uh, they were saying that the reason he was still allowed to wrestle, they let him make the call. Mm-hmm. He said he still wanted to go. The reason why is because there's no surgery necessary. It just has to heal. Right. Uh, so usually he takes some time off, you, you know, whatever. But Cody Rhodes, is he's on this monster trip, man. Honestly, in his mind, he's like, I haven't got time to be fucking injured. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I understand why. I, you know... Part of me does wish WWE would say, eh, you know, whatever, you don't need to do this. But I don't think you're telling him he can't. Right. And Brandy made that very clear, that this was his decision. She didn't even want him doing it. But he said, I'm going out there. Mm-hmm. Don't give a damn. Unless they're going to stop me, I'm going out there. And they allegedly, this is all coming from the, the Rhodes camp, so allegedly doctors in WWE said, well, technically speaking, he, if he wants to go out, he can. It's not one of those things that sidelines him technically. Right. However, we would advise against it. And Co- and they said, well, okay, well, with that being known, what are you doing? And Cody said, I'm fucking going out there. I'm fucking going out there. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to put on a hell of a show. And uh, Pat says, uh, Co- of course, as we record, Raw is on. So he said, Cody opened Raw and didn't rule out wrestling at Money in the Bank, which is in 26 days. That's right. This motherfucker is on another level. Yeah. And now, before we go further, we're going to bring up something that I saw on the internet. And I am not, once again, this is one of those situations where I would like to, like, if you listen to this show and you know us, you'll hear me all the time say that just because I'm not offended or bothered by something doesn't mean somebody else isn't. And we are allowed to have different opinions. Okay? Sure. So I'm not shitting on anybody's opinion. So if you think this is your opinion, and I'm not even, I'm going to actually go to the Sean Ross Sapp camp. Mm-hmm. But if you share this opinion, and it's not even against the shot at Sean Ross Sapp, but if you share this opinion, I just want to offer you the differing opinion to it, and this is where we're at. Sean Ross Sapp said it was disgusting. His own words, disgusting, that Cody Rhodes wrestled with this injury. Right? Calling and up the tweet now. Calling up, call up the tweet, so it's exact. But it, I do believe it was disgusting or something to that akin. Sean Ross Sapp called it out. Also called the match incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's, we'll get to Uncle Dave in a minute because I really need to get to Uncle Dave uh, on this one because this one was baffling. Ba- you could ask Ken. I was baffled. Uh, but anyways, uh, anyway, the, the, the line and fuzz of this is is that there were some people upset that Cody Rhodes was out there wrestling injured. Now, we know now from his camp that he chose to wrestle injured. And it is not an injury that technically sidelines. It should. It, it's an injury that would sideline most people, but it's not an injury where they're going to force sideline you. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right. Like, would I have done it? No. But I can't put my stuff 
on to Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes didn't do it because WWE was counting on him. Cody Rhodes didn't do it because WWE is what? Uh, he goes, how, is, how the shit is he allowed to wrestle? My problem with this, to Sean Ross Sapp and to other people, and I do want to say this. This is my problem with Dirty Writers, why I made mention of it earlier. And the journalists in wrestling and the certain fans in wrestling as well that, that kind of jump into these parties. And if you're amongst them, once again, it's not that I don't like you, so don't take that away from this. It is that this is what I don't get. You say that how could he allow to wrestle like this? But did said nothing about Jeff Hardy. And the fact that Jeff Hardy came to the ring at double or nothing injured, got further injured in the match, possibly worse. Mm-hmm. And said nothing about it. You, wrestling fans, promoters and stuff that criticize this, said nothing about the fact that CM Punk broke his foot to the point that he needs surgery and he's going to be out for months, but yet still wrestled on Dynamite. And don't use the excuse that it was a six-man. He still got in that ring. Right. He still came back out to chase MJF with a broke... There's no way you can tell me his foot wasn't fucked up mm-hmm. if he needs surgery and he heard it at the pay-per-view. Right? Yeah. So let's do some parody. If it's okay for some people to come out and be injured, then it should be okay, and it's up to the wrestler's discretion. And Matt Hardy, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to look it up, but Matt Hardy said the most eloquent thing I've ever heard him say. And I agree with him fucking wholeheartedly, and it was about his brother and Cody. He did clarify that in the comments. He said, listen, at the end of the day, fans have to understand that it's up to the performer if they want to work or not. There is times where the injury is so severe that we have to be stopped. And then there's times where it is a call section where they don't necessarily want you to go out there, but the performer still wants to perform. So they kind of go, okay, but the first signs of trouble, you're done. That is what happened here. So please do not criticize the people who went to the ring injured because we're always banged up and we're always injured and we're always performing for you. Please appreciate what they do for you. I thought it was very nice. Yeah. Matt Hardy, I salute you. And I'll tell you what, he's he's also gone to the ring fucking injured, man. I also want to give a shout out to our boy Sean Spears, baby. Can't teach heart is what he tweeted about that fucking match. And I'm going to tell you what, 24 minutes. And I want to read something. And this, mark it down. Mark it down, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to agree with Uncle Dave twice. Whoa. Twice. Whoa. And the first thing I'm going to agree with Uncle Dave is Uncle Dave tweeted right after, and he took shit for this from some of the people who were anti-injury, right? Mm-hmm. And he defended, you know what, I'll defend this man on this because he's right. Rhodes won with two crossroads and a sledgehammer shot. This was among the most compelling matches in pro wrestling history. I, When you told me that in the car ride home from yeah. Atlantic City, I went, ah, how good was it? And then we heard Pad say, oh, this is real good. Yeah. And then I watched and I went, fuck, man. I agree with Meltzer. It was, it was compelling. It was a great match. He would further go on to defend Corey Graves, who was on the call for the match by saying, say what you want about Corey Graves, but there are very few instances in the history of any announcer doing as good of a job as he did in this match. Absolutely unreal. Man, Uncle Dave's giving out credit where credit's due all fucking day. It's like, it's a bizarro land. It is bizarro world. For WWE? Yeah. So he, he talks all this shit about Corey Graves. Giving him props. Comes out there, and we know he's friends with Cody. Mm-hmm. He wasn't happy about Cody leaving AEW, though. 
he was he was one of the people that wasn't always on the bandwagon of Cody. You know, he was always on the back like, oh, he got that mania pop, but that doesn't mean he's going to get any other pop. Uh, well, you know, they're advertising him now, but he'll be Stardust next week. Mm-hmm. That kind of shit. But all of a sudden, most compelling TV. What the fuck's going on? And I agreed with him, so it makes it even weirder. That is, I know, that's the weirdest thing. But let's now talk about our opinions, because we don't really care about his opinions so much, because his opinions are his opinions, and our opinions are our opinions, and that's what's important on our show. Because this is not the Dave Meltzer Show. This is 607TWS. This is the Rich and Ken Show. Yes. So let's now talk about the match that I know we both watched after Pad said, you need to watch this match. It wasn't, you should watch this match. It wasn't, oh, it was a good match. You should check it out. It was, you need to watch this match. And we watched this match. I know I did. I know you did. Yeah. How the fuck did you feel about this match? But by the way, first of all, before we get there, I do have to, I want to start out, I know something that we both agreed on. How great is Seth Rollins in the fucking polka dots? My God, Joker <laughs> Seth is the man. If you're not sold about Seth Rollins, I don't know what to tell you. Listen, the drip god, whatever you want to call him. I just call him Joker Seth now because everything he's doing is just like the Joker to anybody else's Batman, and he's absolutely crushing it right now. This match lived up to the damn hype. Cody Rhodes is on a different level, and for anybody that was still thinking when he returned to the WWE that he was going to be in the mid-cards title picture, that he was only going to go back to being Stardust, whatever the case is, this was his moment and if you are not sold that he's going to be your world champion at some point by the end of the year, I'm sorry. This is a career-defining moment in this match. All heart, all day. Uh, Pad says, Corey Graves almost swearing as Cody got attacked was one of the few instances I legitimately, in all caps, believed what he was saying and how he felt. Dude, he does, he does a good job. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about Corey Graves. He does, for the most part, he does a good job. There's sometimes I feel like, eh, he could do better, but he's really kind of coming to his own. Uh, this match, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Rollins, great. Uh, fucking Cody, great. Rollins, giving him all the credit in the world, he definitely was being a little careful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he respected that Cody wanted to go and said, fuck it, all right, let's go. And he went out there, and it, while protecting him, still had a fucking match. Uh, goddamn. God damn, son. That's all yeah. I got to say. This match was something that was just phenomenal. Out the fucking rafters, man. Oh, man. Uh, how can I? I, I? I don't even know. I don't I don't even know, Ken M. You know, it, it's wild to think about, but this is where how Cody coming into WWE was so impactful. And just for anybody that was questioning about, like, is he really the main eventer? Is he really the guy? Like, he's going to win Money in the Bank. Like, he doesn't need to be in there that long. He can just win the title and go home and heal. I mean, win the briefcase and go home and heal. And then when he comes back, how incredible is that pop going to be when he cashes in? Like, this is, I can't stress this enough, this is a star-making performance. This is his moment. Damn. Wow. It's crazy. And couldn't ask for a better dance partner than Rollins. Fuck yeah, man. So... All I got to say is overall, I did not get, I did not watch either of these shows. I can't give it a, the bull rope mid match was bonkers. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely bonkers. Uh, I can't go over everything because I didn't watch it. I can say that that match blew my mind. It was definitely absolutely amazing. Uh, and when you add in the fact that Cody was injured, goddamn son, goddamn. Yeah. But uh, with that being said. You know, I've heard, you know, some good positive things about both shows. If you like those shows, that's awesome. Let us know. We always want to hear from you guys. But uh, as far as, like, being able to see both of them, unfortunately, you know, we're about to talk about when we come back from our brief break, we're about to talk about what myself and Ken M 
was doing mm-hmm. this weekend because uh, we're going to talk about some GCW wrestling and the huge, huge, huge weekend they just had. But before we can do that, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a break. Oh, uh, if you are watching on Twitch, you are going to see the information for the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour podcast. If you are listening and watching, you will be hearing our good friend Tom Jolu, who does the countdown music uh, for the show each and every week. It's called Sideshow. This week, we're also going to play for you a song called Twilight Zone. And uh, make sure you check out our good friend Tom Jolu anywhere you get great music, including Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. We're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to hit up the mid card where we're going to talk some beef, the beef between Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff. Yes. And most importantly, we're going to talk about the gigantic GCW Tournament of Survival Weekend. Get it, man. Get it. That's right. We're back with the mid card of this week's edition of 607TWS. And we're going to open up with a little bit of drama, and then we're going to carry into the Game Changer Wrestling Weekend, shall we? Yes. So uh, this is a war that has been going on for quite some time, and has just heated up recently. And I thought that we should shine a light on it just because 
It's fucking ridiculous on some sense, but it's also kind of fucking kind of funny on one sense. So let's do it, right? Yes, let's do so it. So Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff <laughs> have been waging war, and of course, uh, it re-sparked, because this game pops up and goes down over time, but it re-sparked most recently when uh, Tony Khan, or uh, Eric Bischoff, sorry, got into an argument on Twitter with CM Punk over the fact that he's the biggest financial flop in the history of wrestling. And uh, then he made some shots back. And then, of course, uh, Bischoff, I do think, won the points when he said, that, hey, come on, this is coming from a guy who thought because he was booked to, to win in fake fighting, thought he could real fight. And we saw what happened there. He... So, eh, you know, I, I give the win to, to, to Bischoff. So we thought that was over. Yeah. But Tony Khan can't let anything go. And yeah. at the AEW, we, we kind of made fun of it a little bit already mm-hmm. from the AEW post-media scrum, which really needs to fucking stop because, I'm sorry, maybe the, I understand some of you in the AEW fan base think that it's great that your owner is, like, excited and is a fucking mark. Yeah, about that. The problem with that is he's, it's unprofessional, and I'm sure when you talk to business people like that, you know, was, uh, and I got I to gotta tell you, when I showed my wife the post-media scrum, a little bit of it. She thought that Tony Khan was a podcaster. When I explained to her <laughs> that is that facts. is Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, she went, oh, that company's fucked. And mind you, my wife doesn't watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. So and you can say what you want, but that's pretty much... The, listen, there's one thing to be excited. There's another thing to be this guy. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you got to know your spot. That'd like be me going into a uh, meeting with press places and going, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to we're gonna do the, uh, the, the you know, we're, we're the best podcast on the planet uh, that covers all these things, and we're number one in, in, in Nigeria. Yeah. Which is true, by the way. We are the number one wrestling podcast in Nigeria. Thank you, Nigeria. We love you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's like saying we won the small margin of the 18 to 24-year-old demographic. In the state of Maine, yeah, from eight thirty to nine. Anyways, let's talk about this. Uh, and I quote: Tony Khan says that's a shit opinion. I, I'm not even gonna if I can do the Tony Khan voice. I'll be nice. It's the most bullshit opinion I've ever heard. That's fucking bullshit. A pad says Tony Khan versus Eric Bischoff still a better matchup than David Arquette versus literally anyone. You watch your fucking Whoa, mouth. Watch that pad. You watch your mouth when you talk about the greatest world champion of all time. Watch it. There's only one person, and going back to Tony Khan, there's only one person that can attest to that. I don't know what other people, I can only attest to what's happened here in public record, and some of these things are a matter of public record. We do have, over the years, a good amount of financial data in pro wrestling. I can tell you no one wrestler has ever come in and made a bigger plus delta financial difference in the history of my company. Makes no fucking sense, and those aren't even, by the way, those aren't financial words. Yeah. Plus Delta. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, got, I got nothing. This is the third year anniversary this week. Going into year four, no one person has ever made a more positive impact. We just did a record pay-per-view. By the way, they didn't have the pay-per-view numbers from Double or Nothing, so I don't know how he thinks he did a record pay-per-view before those numbers exist. Was he talking about the gate, but still? Yeah, maybe the gate, but you should have said gate, not pay-per-view. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, every pay-per-view he's done a four... He's, he, by the way, no English here. Sorry, this is exact quotes. Every pay-per-view he's done a four pay-per-view cycle now. Every one of them was the record. Whether it was All Out, where he was a huge part of the draw with Darby, his debut, of course, was a huge thing with the first dance, the biggest rampage draw in the history of that show, which isn't fucking hard because nobody watches it. Right. Uh, the matches he carried the Friday Night War... 
which by the way is a matter of record in fucking court in the state of California that we won the Friday Night War. Just ask Jerry McDevitt because he fucking wrote it. This guy, talking about Punk, won it versus Matt Seidel, who's a great wrestler. He had another something expletive great match on Friday night. This fucking guy talking about Punk once again. He did the fucking Friday Night War. He did the first dance. He's done the record double or nothing. He did the record all out in his debut. He was part of a record full gear in a great match with Eddie Kingston. He's wrestled a bunch of fucking young guys and a bunch of veterans in between there. Will Hobbs, Daniel Garcia. Then he showed up and did the biggest program in terms of everything TV buys ever with MJF. And then he did the goddamn main event here. He's the biggest part of a financial success in the history of this company. Let's fucking go. Uh, by the way, there is no financial success in your company. You are still now 10 figures in the red by your own record. Mm-hmm. You don't have to offer that up. You just do. So if you're doing the math, that is over a billion dollars. Yeah. Or no, 100 million. 100 mil. Sorry. Congratulations, my guy. Sorry. No, yeah, I was right. Billion. Because it's 10 figures now. Oh, okay. It was over $100 million. It was a billion. I still think it was nine for some reason, but yeah. No, he just said it was 10 He's blaming that all on a video game. But if you paid a billion dollars for a video game, that's pretty bad. Anyways, I'm not here to debate the facts that he says and then he doesn't say. I will debate this, though, before I give you the Derek Bischoff stuff. <laughs> uh, first of all, we'll call it a Padawan J in the uh, chat. If CM Punk was such a great financial benefit for your company, Tony, wouldn't you have cracked over a million in the ratings at some point here? Oh, wait, that's not the numbers that matter. Eh. I mean, hold on. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. Anyways, before I get to it, I will say this. This, this. this concept of the Friday Night War. What Friday Night War? I am so lost when he's saying that. Is he talking about the time that they overlapped the SmackDown when SmackDown was on FS1? That's the only and thing. FS, they still drew over a million, and they only drew like 400,000. But they they probably won the demo in some fucking weird way. That's the only thing I can think of, because there's no such thing as a Friday. You you don't go right up again. You come on after SmackDown, and and less than five hundred thousand people watch that show when two million watch fucking SmackDown. So I don't understand where the Friday Night War shit comes from. Unless he's taking shots at the end. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I'm completely as lost as you are when he made that comment. Because he even made the comment that Jerry McDevitt, who is the WWE attorney. I, it just doesn't make any sense. But no. whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. I, right. don't, I don't really give a shit what he thinks. And I don't care what fans think either about, you know, I'm sorry if that comes off as harsh, but I don't care what you guys think when it comes to who's winning in these bullshit numbers because, you know, who's winning? The company that's making over a billion dollars a year and the company that's not making any money is not winning. Mm-hmm. And it's not about winning on entertainment because I don't watch WWE products. So the one problem that all of you have out there, and we talked about this before, yeah. is that I you can't call me a knee drone because I don't watch the shit. As a matter of fact, I watch Dynamite every week. Yes. Unfortunately, at times. And I watch all the AEW stuff because I want it to be good, and there's good matches, and there's shit matches, and there's no stories, and whatever. And I criticize it because I would like it to be better. I gave up on that with WWE a long time ago because guess what, guys? It's not going to happen. You're right. WWE's going to make money, and that's what their bottom line is, and that's fine. Anyways, the, the, the problem here is that he thinks... I don't understand where he gets this shit. Let's talk about Eric Bischoff. Okay. Eric Bischoff responded, I felt bad for Tony in a way. Then he, it's like, okay, I can't wait to fire back. I'm going to have so much fun this week. 
I was ready to go. I spent most of Monday morning just kind of my in my mind laying out how I was going to t- take a flamethrower to this. Then I said, no, that's what you normally do, Eric. Let's not do what you normally do, which is just a visceral in the moment without a whole lot of thought response. There will be a time, there will be a place where I will respond to this nonsense. I mean, what the hell? Friday Night Wars, what are you kidding me? Enough. I got a better idea. I'm here with you, talking about Conrad, each and every week. You said you were friends with Tony. If you got something to say, Tony, and you want to defend yourself in punk, you got an issue with my response. When I'm asked a question or when somebody from your organization decides to use their platform to take a swing and then bitches and whines like a little puppy that peed on the carpet and knows it's about to get smacked, I respond and you have a problem with that. Here I am, brother. Anytime you want to jump on and jump in, give the big man a call. You got his number. He'll set it up, and we'll do it. So not a hard man to find. (laughs) Bischoff, what do you got? Well, I mean, Bischoff wasn't wrong. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, why this keeps coming back up is beyond me. Like, I just don't understand that point at all. It's like Bischoff said his piece, and then it's all been quiet, and then all of a sudden we gotta start defending. You know, like it just—it just doesn't matter up. Like at the stage, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't get him. I don't get any of it. No, it just—it doesn't make any sense. It's—you it's, know—it's it's like the whole rent-free thing is happening again. Oh, show up! That's all it is. Show up and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But he, he won't because then somebody can sit there and give him the whole. Spiel, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is what it is. That's all it is. It's a lot of nonsense, a lot of talk, a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's what works out in the wrestling business. And I applaud Eric Bischoff for being like, "Hey, fuck this, come talk." Until then, shut the fuck up. Yeah, well, I mean that's the whole point. Because if you're just gonna be taking shots from the distance, it's like you're not gonna get any. And he said the same thing we did. What Friday Night Wars? Yeah, there there is no such thing as a Friday Night War. Like, where is this coming from? Because you you won a segment. Where SmackDown was on another network for one night, like that's not a that's not winning the war, quote unquote. Pat says I'm about to be blocked by someone on Twitter. I didn't even say anything. Sheesh! You don't want to be followed by those people. You no, be, you're, some of them probably already are blocked because you're associated with Ken. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. There's a, Pat. Group of, there's a group of people that probably already blocked you. You don't know about. Pat, we'll be talking <laughs> off air about that. But yes, this is this is part of that war. That's a whole other ball game, man. I apologize that I got off the cuff, but that person just fucking pissed me off because they try to talk slick, and it's just like, dude, I will smack you. <laughs> like, come on, comment the fuck down. Once again, though, let's talk about happier times now that I'm fired up. Uh, Uncle Eric, get him. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, listen, the only guy who has real victories over Vince, and I think that's why he's protecting that. I well, would that's too. A, well, that's the whole thing. He's got. He has a right to talk about that. But I'm sorry, like, if you want to live and die by the ratings. How many weeks in a row have you not cleared a million over Dynamite? Enough, enough said. Like, there, drop the mic. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, ooh, excuse me. I, I'm live showing man, up. You are burping, getting man. live and you get wild. Dude, I'm all, I'm all fucking hyped up. You know why? Because we had a hell of a weekend of wrestling. Yes, we did. Now let's talk about that weekend of wrestling, shall we? Yes. Uh, first of all, T- GCW is back with their Tournament of Survival weekend. It has started on Saturday. At uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the beautiful, lovely showboat in Atlantic City, New Jersey. More specifically, the carousel room. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about tournament survival, shall we? Let's talk about it. In the first round, we had the first first round match between where Rina Yamashita defeated Hoodfoot. 
Great match. Next up, another first round match. The Bulldozer, Matt Tremont defeated Slade. Very solid match. Slade was really up for this one, but I mean, it's Tremont. What can you say? In the next match, we had our third first round match. Uh, Toru Segura defeats Shane Mercer in one hell of a match. Jesus Christ, this was brutal. There was a double mace in this match. Yeah, it was. And last but not least, in, in the first round of the uh, Deathmatch Tournament of Survival Tournament, Drew Parker defeated the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, Cole Radrick, uh, but gave him props. It was one of the best matches of the weekend. Fantastic match. Next up was not a match in the tournament. It was a little break match after they did an intermission to clean up the ring. We had a great old six-man scramble match for the GCW Extreme Championship. And at the end of the day, AJ Gray is still your GCW Extreme Champion as he defeated Jordan Oliver, Lindsey Snow, Nick Wayne, Sawyer Wreck, and Yoya. Wow. Yeah. Next up, we had the, the first of the two Tournament of Survival semifinals. We had Matt Tremont defeat Toru Segura. And then we had uh, Drew. Drew uh, Parker defeat Rena Yamashita to advance. Both of them advance to the finals. Both very good matches. And then we had the finals of the tournament where we had in a no-rope barbed wire match, Drew Parker defeat Matt Tremont to become the Tournament of Survival 7 champion. Absolutely stunning final. I mean, I thought Tremont was going to be finally getting the elusive TOS title. But, man, what can you say about Drew? Fucking great day. Well, GCW is back in action. More, be more specific, JCW Jersey Championship Wrestling with fully loaded from the carousel room at the showboat in Atlantic City. Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can get that as you could get it live for free. You can get it for free on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. First up, we had Dylan McKay defeat Azriel. Mm-hmm. Janai Kai defeated Lindsay Snow. Heard real good things about this one. The Young Dumb and Broke team of Charlie Tiger and Ellis Taylor defeated Edith Surreal and Steve Scott. Okay. Jordan Oliver defeated Yoya. All right. One called Manders defeated Bam Sullivan. Ooh, that has got to be a great match. Alec Price defeated Grim Reefer. Okay. And last but certainly not least, in the main event of the show, the GCW World Tag Team Champions were on the line as Bussy retained those belts as they defeated Billy Starks and Marcus Mathers. Ooh, okay. Very good match. Very good show. Check that out now if you haven't seen it for free. Game Changer Wrestling on YouTube. Yes. And then we came to the event that myself and you were there for, your first trip to the Carousel Room in Atlantic City, New Jersey. First of all, how did you feel about the atmosphere and the Carousel Room and the showboat in Atlantic City, New Jersey? You know, and thank you for bringing me down there. That was an experience that Fight TV just, you can't translate until you actually go into the showboat. It is a room that you have that, like, ECW, ECW arena vibe to it, like, Certain places go in, and there's a buzz in the air that you can't even describe. And it wasn't just because for deathmatch wrestling. Like There were people there that were just excited to see GCW. Everybody was just buzzing the entire day and just excited to be there for as wrestling fans. And it's something that, you know, when you go onto social media and you talk to everybody, and obviously the toxicity kind of leaks through, this was a place that everybody was just happy to be, like, wrestling fans. No, I agree. It's a great place. Yo, it's amazing. It was an experience. So let's talk about GCW Cage of Survival for the very first time. There was a Cage of Survival match. We'll talk about that at the main event. But uh, let's talk about it. This went down at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from 
the showboat, the carousel room at the showboat at the Atlantic City, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And of course, we were there live in in person. And the opening contest was for the GCW Extreme title. And it was a seven way scramble match. At the end of the day, the motherfucking truth. AJ Gray is still your GCW Extreme champion as he defeated Akira, Cole Radrick, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, Speedball Mike Bailey, and Nick fucking Wayne. Listen, this was the. Fan favorite of all time scramble match. This match was 11 minutes and 8 seconds, and it was phenomenal. What a fucking opener. Like, literally, the minute the bell rang, everybody lost their damn minds. And how much Nick Wayne was flying over the top rope into the crowd. Jordan Oliver going crazy. And AJ Gray and Speedball. Like, I think we need to see that one-on-one. Absolutely. Next up, we had Masha Slamovich defeat pro wrestling, independent pro wrestling Hall of Famer Lufisto. Eight minutes and 27 seconds. It was a good match. Very hard-hitting match and great match, though. Next up was a fucking battle of attrition as the second gear crew, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice, defeated Iron Beast, KTB, and Shane Mercer. Nine minutes and 41 seconds. We got to see doors and chairs. Oh, my. You know, it's, it's one thing to watch SGC from home, but it's another to sit there and watch that human demolition derby go at it my god this match was out of control and all for the right the reasons in one of the matches of the night slash matches of the weekend sawyer Rec defeated the bad boy joey janela 14 minutes and 39 seconds the finish of this match coming from a choke slam from the top turnbuckle through a door yeah and the crowd's reaction everybody rushed the cr- the ring and was slamming on the the noise you can't even justify it at home like, the crowd literally blew the roof off the building. That's how damn loud it was. It was great. Next up, we had the funnest part of the night, but also the not most, uh, you know, the, not the best part. Mm. Uh, it was still great, though. Yes. Because Chelsea Green wheeled to the ring Matt Cardona, who has got a torn bicep, but yet was wearing a neck brace and in a wheelchair. Reasons. And he came to the ring, and she proceeded to blame Blake Christian, and he proceeded to blame Blake Christian, to which the crowd chanted, you deserve it for being injured, and also, thank you, Blake. Mm-hmm. And then finally, All Heart, a.k.a. the best in the world, Blake Christian would hit the ring and did an amazing promo where he apologizes, but then goes on to say that Zack Ryder was his favorite wrestler this of all incredible. time. And the best part about this is you have to see this. It's amazing, but... Because I can't do it as much justice. He would name things that Zack Ryder did, and then there would be the back end tag to it. I.e., at one point he goes, and I was watching, and, and my hero climbed the ladder, and he retrieved the Intercontinental title for his WrestleMania moment, and it brought tears to my eye because my hero did it. And, I mean, I was sad the next day when 24 hours later you lost about, but still. Yeah. Still. And it was funny because Chelsea kept going, what do you don't believe him and 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 and, and Matt Cardona's like he loves me. Don't worry, he loves me. This is good. <laughs> like so, he finally gets to a point where he goes, "Listen, I can't make it up to you. I know I cost you your dreams. I cost you the summer of Cardona Part Two. But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll prove it to you that I'm sorry. I'm gonna lay on the ground. I'm the man on the mat. Get a referee out here. Ring the bell. I'm gonna lay on the mat." And I'm going to give up the fact that I'm number one contender to the GCW world title. You're going to pin me. You're going to become number one contender. Mm-hmm. And I won't get my shot. I'll let my dreams go so you can flourish. Yeah. And so Matt Cardona waves the ref. Ref comes in, rings the bell. 
Blake gets on the ground. Matt Cardona positions himself. We get the one, the two, and then the kick out. And then Chelsea Green tries to hit Blake with a chair, ends up hitting Matt Cardona with a chair. She eats a super kick. He gets on his knees. He's begging Blake not to hurt him. Blake hits him with a, with a I'm sorry, I love you, super kick to the ground. Oh, one, two, three, and Blake Christian is your number one contender because that number one contendership was on the line yes. for the GCW World's title. That was pretty phenomenal. That was an epic moment. Like I say, if you want to say that was the quote-unquote worst match of the night, that's all right, but man, it what a segment. It was an entertaining segment. Especially with the injury. It was nice to weasel, oh, yeah. weasel in Cardona with the injury. Uh, next up was a match that I was super excited about. Not on the card, but in seeing. Mm-hmm. Because we got, after four and a half years, Los Mescos returned Ciclope and Mado Extremo. And they defeated Rina Yamashita and Toru Shigura. 16 minutes and 18 seconds. This was a fucking tag team death match. Yes. And oh my God, was this good. All four, phenomenal. Absolutely insane match. Absolutely insane. They worked it all, man. Yes. And then, of course, we took our intermission. Yes. Took about 30 minutes, give or take. Mm-hmm. About but 40. the cage was put together, and the first ever cage of survival, the place where we were going to settle the score, was constructed. Mm-hmm. GCW Ultraviolet title on the line. The Duke of Hardcore, your champion, John Wayne Murdoch, taking on the TNT Extreme Champion. And the man who has won, who this is the first year he didn't win TOS. He's the three-time and reigning TOS champion. Yes. Mr. 3 Pete himself, Alex Cologne. This feud has been building. It's been boiling. So it could only be settled in Cage of Survival. And it was. Yes. And boy, that cage. How do you feel about the Cage of Survival itself? Good fucking God, man. This thing was <laughs> one of the most insane things I've ever seen built. From the weed whacker inside to the, the ring filled with uh, you know tubes the barbed wire board and then what they were putting the glass plates on top of the ladders on the top of the the ceiling it was absolutely insane to see but man what a job of the gcw crew to put this thing together check out uh either one of our twitters and instagrams you'll see pictures Mm -hmm. of the cage itself uh of course it was a fucking great match at the end of the day your new gcw ultraviolet champion alex cologne and at the end, they squashed the beef, it seems like. And yeah. even Cologne put out a nice tweet where he says, you know, JWM, John Wayne Murdoch, is is the real deal. I, You know, I've earned respect for him. And, you know, it was nice to be in there with you. Yeah, it was a great way to cap off the feud because these guys had, had such a great story. And, you know, one thing that, to note in the crowd where it was pretty much pro-Alex Cologne going into this, it was very split by the end of the night for the Duke. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, with that being said, that is all for the Game Changer Wrestling Report for this week. Uh, of course, next, not this week, there's no update, but next week we will be covering the return to New York in the Melrose Ballroom, which we will also be in attendance for. Yes. And, of course, the Providence Rhode Island debut, which you can order now on Fight.tv as a bundle package. Oh. So please do. You're not going to want to miss those. They've already got some amazing Amazing matches signed up for both nights, including Tony Deppin versus John Moxley That's gonna be for the nuts. GCW World Heavyweight Championship in New York City. So with that being said, we are going to take our final break. If you're watching on uh, Twitch, you're going to see the advertisement for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. If uh, you are at home and Twitch, you're going to hear the sultry sounds of Shout Out the Robots. The song is called Fail Better. It is the theme song for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. And guess what? 
You get to hear it here. Please support them on Bandcamp, YouTube Music, and Spotify. When we come back, we're going to be talking the main event. We're going to be talking NJPW Dominion. And more importantly than that, we're going to be talking about AEW Forbidden Door and how that ties into Dominion. Mm -hmm. All that when we come back from this break. main event of this week's 607-TWS. And of course, we are coming to you live from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. And, uh, you know, Ken M, it's not often that we talk about this in the main event. I would like to do that more often, but it is a good week because... New Japan Wrestling, that is why. Let's go. And they have a huge show coming up on the 12th. Huge. Like, what I mean, Ken, when I mean huge, I mean gigantic. I mean huge. And, of course, that is Sunday. Uh, you're probably going to want to watch it unless you want to get up at 5 a.m. Yeah, when it's say. live in Japan because it's coming from the Osaka Joe Hall from Osaka, Japan. But it is the second biggest show of the calendar year for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it's called Dominion. And not only does this have implications for New Japan Pro Wrestling, mm -hmm. this has huge implications 
for AEW and the Forbidden Door as well. Uh, when we get to the match in question, we will break down everything that has to do with CM Punk, the Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I figure we'll keep it all together because I feel like that's that's the best way to do it. You know, yeah, that you makes know. it makes the most sense. Then we don't have to worry about you know backtracking and talking about shit twice. I just think that's the way to go. So are you ready to talk some New Japan Pro Wrestling? I would wrestling? love to talk some New Japan. And we're, of course, getting our news right from NJPW1972.com, which is their English site. Uh, so if you ever want to read news from New Japan, NJPW1972.com. Mm. Uh, the cool thing I've talked to you before about in New Japan is they announced their match cards in order. Yes. So the order it is on their on their website is the order it's going to be this upcoming Sunday the twelfth. Once again, if you would like to watch Dominion, and including in an English commentary because they do have offer that for all live events, mm-hmm. it will be on roughly at five a.m. If you want to watch it live, right? If not, you can watch the replay anytime, and all you have to do is sign up for NJPW World. Go to njpwworld.com, and for nine hundred and ninety nine yen, you can have NJPW World now. I know it sounds like a lot when I say 999 yen, but when you do the conversion rate, it's just a little more than $9 American. Easy, easy. And if you're not an a-, a New Japan fan and you're an AEW fan, this is a good card to watch because there is a match on here that is going to tie directly into your company. Also on top of it, it's a good time to check it out because they've got a hell of a lineup. Let's talk about it. Kind of. Let's talk about this. Opening the show is going to be a six-man tag team match as Hiroshi Tenzan, Master Wado, and Taguchi take on the United Empire team of TJP, Francisco Akira, and Aaron Henry. Should be a very solid match to kick off. Absolutely. According to this is the little they give you a little blurb. The little blurb that they have on NJPW nineteen seventy two kicking off the afternoon's action. A six man battle will see a preview of championship action one week later on June twentieth. Francisco Kira and TJP will challenge IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions Team Six or Nine. Can they continue to ride a hot hand in Osaka Joe? Hmm. I love the little blurbs they give. That's why I read them. Yeah, very solid. Next up, we have another six-man tag team match. The Los Ingrinobles de Japón team of Tetsuya Naito, Bushi, and Takahashi will take on the Bullet Club team of El Fantasmo, Taiji Ishimori, of course, the world's cutest tag team. Yes. And the newest member of the Bullet Club, Ace Austin. Super excited to see Ace's debut with the Bullet Club here. And Naito on the, on the second match of the night? Yeah. That's something wild. Of course, their 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 preview of this match is a six man preview of June twenty first IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between uh, Hamaru Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. The head uh, the head up a trio from Lij and Bullet Club, including BC's newest member Ace Austin. Austin turned his back on a friendship with Alex Zane to join Bullet Club on June third, a jump that the X Division champion declared was inevitable. How will he gel with new partners on hmm. this night? Next up in the third match tonight, we got Torianu taking on Doc Gallows. Ooh, that was going to be a good match. I don't need to worry about the blurb there. It's going to be a decent match. Yeah. Next up for the never open weight six man title, your champions, the Bullet Club House of Torture team of Evil Show and Yujiro Takahashi will defend against the Suzuki Goon team of Kanemura, El Desperado, and Zack Saber Jr. That's going to be a dope match. It's going to be a really good match. Yeah. Uh, next, that and that is our first of the title matches. Which there's a few more to mention. I was gonna say. This next up good. is a big one that also might have some implications for Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. as the IWGP Tag Team Titles will be on the line, the heavyweight ones, as the champions, the Bullet Club team of Bad Luck Fale, 
and the crown jewel Chase Owens will take on the United Empire team of Jeff Cobb and Great Khan. Can we say Anu? I want to say Anu. I think it's going to be Anu. Yes. Next up is where we get all into it. Because next up, an AEW Interim Championship Eliminator match between Hiroki Goto and Hiroshi Tanahashi the Ace. And if you're not familiar, uh, this past Rampage, we discovered the CM Punk is going to need surgery because he has an injured foot. We mentioned mm-hmm. a little bit earlier, but CM Punk injured his foot at double or nothing, winning the belt. Uh, after having it checked out, it is decided that there's some kind of stress fracture in his foot and he needs surgery. Yes. He's going to be out an unslated amount of time. So instead of relinquishing the title, AEW has decided that they're going to have an interim world champion. And the way to decide this, which was very convoluted and confusing on, on, on Friday because it was misunderstood, and then finally we got a press release on Sunday to finally space it all out. Mm. So here's the final of it. So what's happening now is that in AEW, this Wednesday night on Dynamite, they're going to open the show with a battle royal. The winner of the battle royal will go on to the main event of that night's Dynamite. Okay, you follow me? I'm with you. To take on the number one contender for the AEW championship, John Moxley. Okay. The winner of the John Moxley match versus whoever wins the Battle Royal will earn a spot in the main event of Forbidden Door. Okay. This match that I just mentioned, Hiroki Goto versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, which is a feud that's been amazing. By the way, this feud favors Tanahashi. He's 11-2 and two in singles action against Goto. Okay. But it's been a feud. Right. Over the years. The winner of this match will go on to the main event of Forbidden Door to challenge the winner of Moxley and the whoever wins that match. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Battle Royal and Moxley. So the AEW representative is going to be whoever wins the Battle Royal, whoever wins the match between who wins the Battle Royal and John Moxley this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And this Sunday, the winner of, Ta- of Goto and Tanahashi. And that uh, Forbidden Door, they will face each other. And the winner will be the interim AEW World's Heavyweight Champion. Interesting dynamic going into this. I am just hoping they don't do anything and like telegraph it too much, and it's going to be Tanahashi versus Moxley. Because like, if we just are going, well, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be. Yeah. See, like, if we're just going to go through the hoops for this, it's like, why even go to this length? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a TK I'm, I'm, thing. Uh, here's the thing: I'm not a fan of interim belts, and that's not just an AEW. That's everywhere. That's everywhere because I'm not a fan of interim belts in UFC. Mm-hmm. I think that if the the champion cannot perform because of injury, the belt should be relinquished. You should crown a new champion. And when the when the champion, the former champion's healthy, they should come back mm-hmm. and get the shot. Perfect example of this, Will Osprey. Yes. This is where it works to perfection. This is why I say this is the best thing you can do. Will Osprey had to relinquish the championship, the uh, IWGB World Heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. He relinquished the belt, gave it, uh, gave it up. In the meantime, they crowned a new champion throughout the tournament. It was Okada. Yep. Or no, sorry, it was Shingo. It was Shingo. Shingo. Then we come, so when, when Will Osprey came back, he did the heel move and said, hey, I'm the real champion. Right. So then we set up for uh, Okada 1, G1. Mm-hmm. So then we got Okada versus Shingo on night one. And night two, we had the winner, which was Okada, take on Will Osprey to decide the undisputed champion. Right. And there was a built-in storyline where Will Osprey made himself a great heel by saying, I'm the real champion. 
Or if, you know, you could have done it the other way. If the champion was a heel, the face could come back and be like, I'm the real champion. Mm-hmm. I think that that just works, and there's more stories that go along with it. Also, it just looks cleaner, and you don't have all these belts. Yeah. And at the same time, now we there's a we haven't heard anything else. Scorpio Sky might be injured, so we might have another interim title for the TNT title, but what happened before, and that's how we have a million fucking title belts. <sighs> I just don't understand it. I'm not a fan of and it's not, like I said, it's not just AEW. I don't like it in UFC as well. Mm. So that's just my personal preference. But since they're doing it, they are crowning an interim champion, and when Punk comes back, they will have a unification match. That's what they said. So for Forbidden Door, we're crowning a new interim AEW World Champion, and it will be the winner of Goto versus Tanahashi versus the winner of Moxley and whoever wins that fucking Battle Royal this Wednesday. Yeah. So Wednesday, we will find out the AEW representative. Sunday, we will find out the new Japan representative. And at Forbidden Door on the 26th? 25th. Is it 5th? Okay, 25th. I knew it was that Sunday. Can, we will get the payoff, and one man will walk out as interim AEW World Champion. Next up on the card, though, for Dominion, we have for the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy... The man who won it from Toriyanu, Tai Chi, and after he won it, called out Shingo Tagagi because he wants to prove he's better than Shingo. So Shingo versus Tai Chi, and he's putting the KOPW trophy on the line. That's going to be a dope match. Oh, yeah. And the man who owns that trophy has the rights to a title shot. Hmm. Hmm. So Tai Chi's putting his title shot opportunity on the line against the former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. High stakes right there. It is. Next up is a match I know that a lot of people are keeping their eyes on. It's for the Never Openweight Championship. Your champion, Tama Tonga, is going to go one-on-one with his former Bullet Club brother, Carl Anderson. Ooh. It's finally happened. COVID pushed us back a little bit, yep. but it's finally happening. Can't wait for this one. Any any uh, any predictions on that one? Tonga all day. In the semi-main event, and that's what they call it in New Japan, for the IWGP United States Championship, your champion repping the Bullet Club, rock hard, Juice Robinson. By the way, if you've never heard uh, Luke Gallows say the rock hard thing, it's great. It's fantastic. I can't make, I can't do it because he just does it on a whole other level. But rock hard, Juice Robinson will be defending against... Coldstone Sonata repping LIJ and the man who has been robbed more times for this belt than anybody on the planet, <laughs> the leader, the emperor of the United Empire, the king of the skies, Will Osprey. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Sonata is coming back from a uh, orbital injury. Yes, he is. So he suffered a fractured orbital bone in the New Japan Cup at the hands of Will Osprey, mm-hmm. vacating the title, which was set to be determined at Dantaku between Osprey and Tanahashi. Only for last minute COVID post positive to see Ishii substituted in Tanahashi again sees the gold and uh, the challenge is all lining up with a legitimate claim. A four way match was signed for Capital Collision, and then it got pushed back to now. Hmm. Yeah, this one, I, I think Osprey gets screwed out of it again. I just don't know by who. It's, it's, it's amazing. One time the foot was on the ropes, one time he kicked out. It's, it's, it's amazing it's the, the story they're telling. And that leads us to the main event of the evening. And it will be for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Your champion, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, goes one-on-one with the leader of the Bullet Club, the Switchblade, Jay White. Man, you want to talk about epic big fight feel? This match has it. I don't see Okada losing, but I think it's going to be a real close match. I'm going to say this is going to be a great match. Match of the night in the main event slot. I'm going to take it a step further. 
I'm going to say in still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okada's going to win. Uh, reports allegedly is lining up for Okada versus Hangman Page at Forbidden Door mm-hmm. for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. So uh, that has not been made official. Yeah. Uh, but I would not be surprised if after the match, Hangman Adam Page doesn't walk out if that's the case. Because that's usually how New Japan likes to do their business. The next challenger usually walks out to make the challenge. Mm-hmm. So if that's going to happen, I would expect to see Hangman Page either walk out or be on the screen. I would prefer the walkout. But. Yeah. Who knows? We'll find out this upcoming Sunday. Remember, once again, if you would like to check out NJPW Dominion, njpwworld.com, 999 yen. Don't get shell-shocked. It's a little over $9 American. Yes. And it's a monthly service. It's a beautiful service. You can go back and watch old shows. They have pretty much, like, the old. some of the old shows are still not in English translation yet, but most of them are. Every live event is in English as well as Japanese on the th- provider. The only things that get blacked out was the stuff in the States did get blacked out, uh, for like a week and then it comes on there but dominion will be live on there with your subscription i have a subscription i'm sure myself and ken M will be watching this at some point on mm-hmm. sunday 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 to check out dominion and report on everything that happens here next week on 607 t w us well with that being said ken M, it is now time to say goodbye to our friends but before we go tell the fine folks once again how to find yourself in the Ocho Dura Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media accounts. Check out the blog section under Parlay Points. New stuff dropping every day this week, it seems like. we got a loaded schedule coming up. Uh, the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 8122 Productions and everything going on there, especially the Patreon, which you should be signing up for. $1 gets you in the door. $3 gets, gets you a very, very comfy seat at the table. Anything else you got to talk to Diesel about? I don't want to know about it. I don't want to be held liable. Also, the directory, we're on every single podcast provider that you need, so if we're not on there, let us know. The T Public Store, anything and everything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. Of course, get a hold of the Three Vendors Podcast, simple 8122productions.com. T Public link is there, Patreon link's there, Twitch link is there, and more. Uh, check it out. Check everything out there. Once again, big shout-outs to Dragon Master Games, who provides us with this 8122 Production Studios and sponsors everything that happens here at 8122production67 Podcast. Visit them online for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, dragonmastergames.com. So check those guys out. It's awesome, and thanks for the support. Uh, that's all on the website. And, of course, if you want to hit us up on any of the social medias, it's simple. Hit us up. It's Three Fat, ner- three fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to, and you'll be hooked up and connected to us. Best place is always Twitter, as I tell people. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, we have come to the end of the show, Ken M. Yes, we have. It's been a fun show. It's been a wild show. Yes. It's been a crazy show, but it has been a show. And now, for myself and for Ken M, I must bid you all adieu. Until next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we are back for the next edition of 607 TWS. We say so long. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later wrestling fans!
Top ropes. One, two. 